1: Welcome to TFM's local watering hole. So excited to be here for episode 450. And I'm just one of your hosts, Matthew Rushing. I'm so excited to have back with me to celebrate the one and only Christy
0: Morris. Woo! 450, dang. It's been around a long time.
1: You don't look a day over 325. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, congratulations. Thank the maker.
1: I can't believe it, honestly, that uh, it's, you know, been going on for for this long. Um, You know, when when we started way back in the day, uh, I'm pretty sure it was 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I had no idea that, uh, you know, we would end up going this long and uh, you know what's crazy is that you know we have 450 numbered episodes and then we had supplementals and putting that all together we have 487 episodes so it's crazy just to think of how many we've done plus of course the bonus shows with assembling avengers as well as snyder cuts in there as well so We've got a lot that's happened in the 602 Club. So thank you, everyone, for joining us this long. But uh, we're we're still here. So please make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening so you'll get our episodes as soon as they drop. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we're at the 602 Club TFM. On Twitter, we're at the 602 Club. So please follow us and interact with us there. We'd love for you to do so. Christy and I enjoy interacting with everyone you can also find us on facebook with the entire network at facebook.com slash trek fm and there's a listeners only discussion group you can join called the babel conference that allows you to talk to listeners from all over the world and if you like our shows of course you can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash and make sure that everything that we're doing keeps coming to you each and every week and then of course last but not least you can find all of the shows that we're doing here on trek.fm which is our website so Christy, today uh, we're just kind of going back in time and having some fun. We're going to be talking about Laura Croft Tomb Raider, uh, the very first movie to star this video game character. And of course, as everybody knows, she started off as a video game first. And so I just wanted to know just kind of what your experience was with the game. Um, And, uh, you know, before we dive into talking about the movie at all, was this a game that you've Played a lot of that you enjoyed?
0: Um, Not that I played a lot of, but I remember not long after the game came out in '96, um, this was the first game and um, first game system, which being the original PlayStation, that my sister and I were allowed to have our parents got us, I think it was even a used PlayStation. (laughs) Mm. Um, But they always, you know, were very big advocates of us playing sports, playing outside, not doing things like video games. Um, And so this was the first time that we had one. And so Lara Croft was a big deal for us. And at the time, I was nine years old when it came out. And um, so especially for me, this was like, oh my gosh, somebody that I can identify with and be excited about and want to be part of that world. And then seeing the movie come out only five years later, it was the same kind of feeling all over again. So I actually went to see the movie as soon as it came out in theaters, and I had the poster.
1: Nice nice very cool which poster do you remember was it just the one of her standing there or
0: yeah it was the one with the blue background with her standing with the pistols and the um, shorts and tank top
1: Um, nice very and this
0: was the start um i don't know if all of you have seen what i look like but i never thought that i looked that much like her until this movie came out and people started calling me angelina on a regular basis which makes you feel nice but
1: yeah sure does i mean Angelina Jolie is very good looking. I mean, I'm as like, is you. So, it. I mean, I can see her people. Uh, you can't. But, you know, no, my friend Christy is is a beautiful lady. So uh, I can see the resemblance, though, for
0: sure. And but so I just I'm, thought that was Did so you funny.
1: cosplay as her then, back in the day? I never have.
0: Dude.
1: Oh, you've got to make that happen.
0: I know. I, you think, could totally I feel like pull, I need to uh, yeah. now that we've got another yeah. thing coming out, so...
1: Exactly. I mean, yeah, they've got the uh, animated series that's going to be coming to to Netflix, and so. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I could totally see you. I'm surprised you haven't, because I know you did Catwoman and and Khaleesi. Yeah. So, but this, this kind of like a, started yeah. me
0: going down that road of like badass female characters.
1: Nice. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting for me just with the game. Uh, I think I probably started playing around uh, the Last Revelation uh and then um is my guess that or uh, tomb raider chronicles i can't remember anyway it, I, but i played i didn't cuz i didn't have a system i we didn't grow up with them at home as many listeners know but uh yeah i once i kind of was out on my own and could buy my own system i did and then i i played um of course through legend and anniversary underworld of course the new series Mm -hmm. as well so i've played a bunch of the games and i always enjoyed them because of course i mean the games themselves are basically based off of uh you know an indiana jones type of of storyline and you know being an archaeologist and um you know They call her Tomb Raider, but most of the time she's trying to save things, uh, you know, not um, Tomb Raid, uh, as you would see. So Mm -hmm. uh, I've always enjoyed the game. And part of that, too, is that I'm better with games in general where I'm not trying to fight a bunch of people all the time. I'm better at the games where I'm trying to figure out puzzles and, like, that kind of stuff. It's an exploration Um, game. Yeah, that type of thing. Exactly. And, And, of course, again... Having the thing basically where you are an Indiana Jones type of character to me is very exciting. Like I've always enjoyed Indiana Jones as a kid, one of my favorite things uh, to come around. And so, you know, having that uh, as the basis for a video game was really interesting. And and I, you know, I was also thinking about, you know, this – is a interesting thing for them to do as well to try and turn a popular video game into a film because you know you'd had other films like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter where they're trying to turn games into a movie and neither of those worked. And so I feel like honestly this this movie there's a lot stacked against it as you come into it. And I think there's a lot of um baggage that comes along with trying to do a video game adaptation in a film because it just i don't think it had anybody had seen it work of course you had super mario brothers as well that wasn't good Mm -hmm. i mean none of those films were were things that people wanted to go to so it does feel like yes of course makes sense that you would want to turn this popular video game into a film But actually doing it, I mean, that's a whole different process because nobody's done it well up to this point.
0: And, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up about other similar ones that had come out just before, because obviously, uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say obviously, but I don't know if you played Mortal Kombat, but it was an incredibly popular game and something that I definitely played and loved and thought the character designs were so cool and the music was fun but you still need to have some kind of a good story to back all of that up to make it into a feature film and same thing here. So I think that that's always everyone's trepidation with a video game made into a movie is what's going to be the story that ties all the cool elements together to actually make it work. Um, And then having the right people.
1: No, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Um, obviously, when you're bringing a video game to life, one of the biggest things that, that happens in that is you have to bring pixels that everybody can kind of put their own imagination towards. And, of course, the game is giving you some idea of, you know, the, the, the character, the way they act, the way they sound, all of that kind of stuff. It's almost akin to bringing... Uh, animation to live action you know i i think of you know the way they've done that with bringing the clone wars to to life that way uh of course the disney movies doing that where they're bringing their characters to life from animation in live action and it's hard i think to to make that transition right um and so for them casting laura was an incredibly important process and one that they had to get right and i'm interested to to talk with you about this before we talk about you know angelina jolie getting the role i mean you have all of these other people that are you know declared interest in the role or are being looked at like jennifer love hewitt famke jensen jennifer lopez uh, elizabeth hurley ashley judd Sandra Bullock, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Diane Lane, Demi Moore, Denise Richards are all people that are – or either, you know, kind of threw their hat in the ring or thought about during the process and like – I don't know. I read that list and I, I don't – I don't really see anybody on that list that I'm like, oh, I wish they had played them.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean – I will say there's only two that really jump out at me as being the right fit for this. And it's probably the two that you thought of as well. Famika Jansen could have done it after seeing her in Bond. Um, and then also Catherine Zeta-Jones because she did things like entrapment. Um, but still both were much more of that cat burglar kind of style than like an action hero and that's the difference that you really needed for this movie was somebody that could stand up and lead it but then also be an action hero and even when they talked about in the video game design um, that was the reason she was designed with the look and the style that she had was to be um, looked up to as an action hero for the younger generation that you know regardless of your gender you would want to be her or you know see what that is like right because of all the stuff she's capable of with her Mm -hmm. you know fighting and like you said you know doing puzzles exploration and all of that stuff
1: yeah yeah it's interesting because yeah looking at the list there's there's one person her name is rona mintra but she's actually british and um just the look that she has feels like she could have been very good, I mean she's done uh, an episode of Supergirl, and she was in some other things, but not really has she's not really doesn't seem like she's been in a ton um that we would know her from. She's done a lot of t v work um and things like that, oh yeah, so, I'm
0: familiar with her
1: yeah, um I mean I actually <laughs> it's funny, I know her actually. It's funny because I actually know her from her small role in Sweet Home, Alabama. Um, so, Oh,
0: yeah. Good point.
1: Yeah. But, no, I think, like, it's interesting because she's, I think, one of the few on that list where I could actually see her playing the role it helps that she's actually British. I know one of the people in the running was Catherine Zeta-Jones, and I like Catherine Zeta-Jones, but I don't know if I see her in this role, per se, Um same like with Elizabeth Hurley. She's fine. But I, yeah, I I think the biggest problem there as well is that it seems like there are a lot of Americans on the list. And of course, so is Angelina Jolie. But I don't know. I, so how do you feel about her in the role? I, what is she? I mean, does she do anything for you as this character? Does she pull it off?
0: Oh, definitely. I didn't question it from the moment I saw her on screen. I think that, of course, for people that loved the games, you have to get used to the idea of now seeing an actual face to the character and accepting that. Yeah, it's a good point. For me, it was right away saying, you know, I never knew I needed this kind of thing. But she fits it so well, and the reason why is I think that Angelina is capable of playing that soft feminine side, but also bringing the toughness that you need, mm-hmm. the grit to get through the difficult scenes and do the physicality that you would need to do for this kind of character.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because, you know, at this point in time, I, I, you know, it's, it, when you look back, Angelina Jolie... Was a very controversial figure, and a big part of that came from her personal life in what you were seeing in the tabloids, and she was a wild child, and mm-hmm. not hiding the fact that she was doing some very interesting things, and, you know, not quiet about it, um, and didn't seem to care what anybody thought, which... The, the director of this film, Simon West, said that for him, there was only one choice. Uh, and for him, that was Angelina Jolie because of the, the character she is, which is kind of a devil may care character. Um, mm-hmm. One who does not care what people think. Um, you know, like you said, she can have this uh, softness with the people that she's close to and and she cares about the most. You know, we see that. Throughout the, the movie with uh, her butler, Hillary and Bryce, her tech person, you know, she has a great relationship with these people. She obviously cares very deeply about them and they for her. Uh, and so there's this that, you know, there's that side of her. And then, I mean, she just plays the character, you know, when she goes to the auction and she puts her feet up, you know, like she's rich. She knows it. And she could care less how she comes off to people. She's truly just going to be who she is herself. And I think very few people can play that the same way Angelina Jolie does, where I think she comes off much more endearing than she does annoying or kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, there's a word that people think about women, unfortunately, that can sometimes be like that. Uh and i don't think it's appropriate but that's what comes to mind for a lot of people and i don't think you feel like that about her at all i think she walks the line really well in this film and she pushes the, the
0: envelope of, exactly
1: but at the other side of the on the other side of this i think you know her playing uh, th- about the loss of her father and the fact that they've cast her own dad, John Voight, as, as her father here in this role. And you can almost, like, I think she does a great job of playing the person who's lost their, both their parents are gone, and she had this wonderful relationship with her dad, and and yet he's gone too. And that's had an impact on on who she's become, right? Like she has this very gruff exterior and inside she does kind of have the heart of gold. And, and again, I think the, the, the great thing about her and, and the role is that I think she does a great job of capturing the character from the video games. But I also think she just does a great job of making you care about the character. And if there's anything I, I guess maybe I wanted more of in the movie – I also uh, wanted there to be more scenes where I allowed her to play with more emotional depth uh, because I felt like she deserved it because obviously she can handle it. I just wish they had given her more opportunities to play with that.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you used that word too because that's, again, the same thing that you need when you're trying to make something out of a two-dimensional character. I mean, even though it's you know, a, a 3D game, It was not realistic, even though it was groundbreaking for its time with its animation style. This is a whole other level, and you need some emotional depth and some character depth to make an audience care about it. And then to really bring it to life. And so I think that that's something that worked well in this movie with having her as Laura. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and I think you just – as you were talking, I think you brought up to mind this idea of what you, why you need that is because in a video game, especially at that point, we weren't really at the point where video games were giving us truly, I think, in-depth characters, you know? Right. Really there was no deep. story mode. Yeah. I mean the, it, I mean, there's story and everything that you're following, but it, it's not the same thing that we get now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean it, you think about the difference between uh, the – Tomb Raider games that have come out, you know, in the last ten years, and the original Tomb Raider games are completely different, right? And so, you do have to find a way to bring a depth to the character of Laura Croft. Yes, she's you know incredibly competent as a character, and you know uh, can hold her own, and yet she also, I think, allows. The character to have this depth Angelina Jolie does when it comes to the loss of her father and even finding out that, you know, he didn't tell her the whole truth about herself. And if there's anything I think the movie just needed more of was just digging into that a little bit more um, and allowing that to be an even bigger part of the story, Uh, especially that that revelation that, you know, her father had lied to her uh, Mm -hmm. about this. And I think you know we'll talk later about some of the issues that come up with the film but uh you know i think on the good side it's like what you got by casting Angelino Jolie is the ability to play both sides of the character really well and they i think they nailed the action adventure side i think they could have leaned even more into the emotional side and it would have done wonders for the film and just for The character in general. So um, I also found it really interesting, Christy, and I kind of wanted your opinion about this uh, because you're a woman. But, you know, a lot of the same complaints that were made about Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman were also actually made about Angelina Jolie in playing... Laura Croft, which I found very interesting to go back and and read that those comments had come about because I'm thinking to myself, if you look at Hollywood, Angelina Jolie pretty much looks like the character for the most part, Um, and I can't really see why you would complain about that, Um, but I just found it interesting that the complaints continue to be the same when it comes to bringing, you know, like you said, two dimensional characters from comics or you know the two-dimensional characters basically from video games yes i know they're three-dimensional but you know what i mean to to life um they they seem to be the same
0: you mean like their character design
1: yeah i mean obviously for gal gadot it was the fact that she was not big enough to play wonder woman you know what i'm talking about people i'm not going to go into detail we're a family show um, mm-hmm. But the same complaint was basically made for Angelina Jolie, which I found to be hysterical because I'm like, again, in Hollywood, I don't really know of anybody who really pulls off the part much better than she does in that arena. So I just thought it was right. really interesting that we keep having to have these same complaints instead of well, why can't we just focus on trying to find the best person to bring the actual character themselves to life. Obviously, right. we want to have some sort of resemblance. I think, you know, uh, with Alicia Vivekander playing her in, in the new movie based off the newer video game feels very s- similar to the newer video game. Right. And so not the exact same, but close, you know, and so I, mm-hmm. I, I just find this fascinating.
0: And I think it's fascinating, kind of in a funny sense, because if you think about it, the design for both Lara Croft from the video game and Wonder Woman was always super exaggerated. And the reason being because it started as art on paper, you know, it was just someone's quote unquote muse or ideal woman of their dreams kind of look. And so it was never originally designed to be a real person because it was a fantasy all along. And then this one, you know, it's kind of funny too, because it originally was going to be a male character in the games. And, um, apparently for legal reasons, they were concerned because they had that similarity to Indiana Jones. Then having a male lead may get them into legal trouble, which I thought was kind of funny. So they, um, I originally thought about having both male and female playable characters and then switch to completely female to just avoid a double the work making two playable characters but b possibly getting into copyright issues with it being too similar to indiana jones and then we ended up with laura croft
1: yeah i think you make a great point in in that you know the beauty of the animated world, whether it's in video games or uh, it's in 2D animation or in comics, is that uh, these are idealized characters, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: comics, of course, have always been about that. The idea of, of what we would all wish we could look like, Even, I mean, the male characters, the same as the female characters, uh, it's, right. it's the exact same. And so then when you're translating that to live action um, you you're not going to be able to get the same but in all honesty to me like the beauty of Angelina Jolie is I think she pulls off the characterization so she just kind of becomes Laura Croft and it felt like you were were watching a cut scene of the the video game because I think she pulls it off so well and she has the look and I think of the feel of the character down and so i just i just find it interesting you know that if if that wasn't the case then yes i'd complain Mm -hmm. but it's because i'd be complaining about the characterization of the character not the way she looks you know Mm -hmm. it's not like they they didn't try to find the very best person for the look and the feel of the character and i think they got you know both
0: Exactly. And as far as the look, I mean, we know from every other kind of video game character made into a movie, speaking of Mortal Kombat, you can add things later to make someone match the look better. You can't necessarily make someone a better actor.
1: <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. And of course, you know, there there's plenty of articles out there where Angelina Jolie talks about the fact that they did do some of that for her to, mm-hmm. to make her look even more like the character, and yet in the end um it was about bringing her to life holistically, you know, not just what she looks like, which I think is the mm-hmm. most important part of the character and rewatching this, I do have to say, you know i I have not seen this movie in a very long time, and I was very impressed I think with with what they gave her to do, but also the way in which she pulled it off, I think wonderfully. And again, all I'm I would ask for as I'm thinking about the film after my rewatch was, gosh, I just wish they had given her even more to play with in the emotional depth area because Angelina Jolie totally kills it when it comes to action and adventure. Um, but I think the rest of the stuff she can do you know I've seen her mm-hmm. play incredibly complex roles. So I wish they would just and maybe that was a part of the, the longer version of the film, which we'll talk about later. But like, you know, I, this film could have only benefited from allowing there to be even more emotional depth for the character of Laura Croft.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'll add one thing um, just to go back to the shallow side of it it cracked me up some of the lines that were written for her because again, it fits that devil may care attitude so well about her as a person and the character. I love when she says uh, to her butler, yes, a lady should be modest. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what do you think I'm a lady? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, and I mean, that's, you know, a part of this character. And I think that's where even some of that depth would have helped in the sense of maybe just giving us a little bit more of her backstory. I mean, the fact that she grew up on mission with her father all over the world, you know, she kind of grows up Mm -hmm. basically a tomboy, you know, and you know, so she doesn't have those refinements. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think part of this movie was really interesting because it, 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 it was, was, and this is where again i think the depth would have helped um it was a part of her story to accept the fact that she is a woman of action as well as just a woman in general and i think that's a theme that the movie would have been really interesting to play even more with but of course they don't um because mm-hmm. there's the whole point at the end of the movie you know where she shows up in the dress and it's it's there has been this movement like, you know, because of being able to finally lay her father to rest inside of her in the sense of like knowing what happened, knowing what he did um, and kind of finally put that to rest. It allowed her to kind of accept herself fully, like all parts of her, not just the action adventure part, which Mm. I think could have been a great theme to play more with, but they don't. Um, which leads me to the story, Christy. I'm really interested. We, you know, we talked about this idea that it's kind of an Indiana Jones type of story, and um, so I forgot that this movie was basically the Dial of Destiny before the Dial of Destiny. Apparently, this is the Triangle of Destiny uh, that we're after, and the the whole story is basically kind of summed in the fact that Laura is sent on a mission during this alignment of planets by her deceased father. To stop the Illuminati from rejoining the Triangle of Light, which is this ancient artifact that uh, a civilization had destroyed itself with in the past, an ancient civilization, because they played too much with time. Because it, contr- it controls time, it allows its wielder to control the timeline by moving through time and changing events. And so uh, how do you feel like this story ended up working just as you know a Laura Croft story?
0: I thought that part was pretty well executed. I think that, of course, anytime you bring in time travel, it is complicated and you have to be careful not to break your own rules that you've set up. (laughs) But I think that it makes sense for the world that came from the games, that it's this kind of um, either Incan or um, sometimes Egyptian story that they're dealing with. Um, Because that was what was represented in the games as well. And that they're giving you enough information to be intrigued, but they're not going too deep into details to where you're bogged down and confused. So, I mean, I think that there are some things with the time travel part or the piece where Laura and powell are both running toward the triangle at the top of a pyramid that kind of could have been explained better but her search for each piece along the way and then how she ends up having to work together with the villains to then get what they both want i think worked out really well what did you think Mm -hmm.
1: you know i Rewatching the movie, I was surprised at how well that all of the story elements kind of held together and which is crazy when, again, we'll talk about it a little bit, realizing that this was a much longer film that had been judiciously cut down. And yet it still felt coherent as a story and it just, you know, having played a bunch of the Tomb Raider games. The beauty of this is that it felt like a Tomb Raider game, you know, the type of story that we were getting. And, you know, um, I, I thought that they did a really good job about creating a element that probably has its, you know, uh, history and a bunch of other, you know, kind of like legendary artifacts or whatever. But they, they created something again. (laughs) It's funny to me that this is legitimately the dial of destiny, um for the Mm -hmm. most part and yet better done sadly i think um and even the way they played with the time elements i thought was better uh and much more easily digested than you know the way you went back in time in that film so you know this i think this does a great job of just feeling like the type of thing you would go after in a video game. And like you said, kind of giving you just enough explanation without bogging you down. And I really enjoyed that. You know, I also thought it was great. Again, we talked about the the fact that Laura learns that her father, you know, had once been a part of the Illuminati and, and then abandoned them when basically he learns what they're planning to do with the triangle. And, uh, then, leaves to stop them and is murdered by them in the end. Um, You know, I I thought this movie had a lot of nice elements, but it never becomes so burdened by its own mythology that it's hard to follow. I think the the movie is easy to follow in that way. Um, And I again, I I found myself kind of impressed um, that... You could do all this in such a short time frame. You know, this movie is pretty short. It's like 145. uh, And I found it impressive in that. And so, um, if anything, I do think that, like you mentioned there at that uh, end section, there could have been places, I think, where this movie could have been a little bit longer. And I wish it had been a little bit longer to give us a little bit more detail on some things. Uh, I think the places that I would have liked to seen that would have been um, some of the story elements for the connection between uh, Laura and uh, Alex West. I think I would also like Mm -hmm. to seen, uh, of course, as I mentioned, the uh, emotional elements between Laura and her father. Uh, And so there's just places I think where you could have expounded the film a little bit. And made the story feel a little bit richer than it was here. But, you know, even at this length and what we got, I'm still kind of impressed that it comes off the way it does.
0: I would echo that and say, I think that for sure, spending more time on the emotional pieces would have added more to it. And I even wanted more about how she formed the relationship she has with the butler And with Bryce, her tech guy, um, and her father's friend that helps her figure out the clock in the first place. You know, I think there are a lot of people introduced that you don't get any other background of.
1: Yeah, I could not agree more with you. I I think you're absolutely right. And so... I think one of the things to to talk about uh, that I'm really interested in is the rest of the cast for the film. Uh, you know, we get uh, Daniel Craig and we get Chris Berry, uh, Noah Taylor, Ian Glenn, and of course John Voight. But the, the one I was really interested in here first was Daniel Craig playing this acquaintance of Laura's kind of rival treasure hunter, Tomb Raider, and kind of out for the money He's basically like the Belloc to Laura's Indiana Jones. And it's also clear to me that they have some sort of relationship. They've had some sort of, uh, you know, uh, intimate relationship in the past. It seemed like to me, you know, um, and they're not now. So how did this kind of work for you? Did you do and did you end up uh, liking him in the role? Uh, Did you think he was the right choice for the film
0: i thought he was good i you know it's funny seeing this now and then learning you know knowing that later he's going to be bond because you can see now i think the potential there for him to then go on and do more and be more of a lead and that they definitely had chemistry as actors And I think rightly so, you know, clearly just for even from the dialogue, they had something previously, whether it was a relationship or, you know, just a fling. um, And now they're having to begrudgingly work around each other. It does give you enough to where you think maybe there's going to be more of this if they do another movie. Maybe they'll get back together Um, she clearly cares about him more than just being a friend because she saves his life. Um, so, you know, I think that they give you enough breadcrumbs to be interested and hope that there's more and not go too far and jump the shark with it. And he holds his own. I mean, like I said, I think he proves that he's got potential with real acting chops to do more later in his career. And just hasn't been given much of a chance yet.
1: I thought he was good in the role. If there's anything I think that was interesting as a choice is that they don't allow him to use his British accent. And he is using an American accent, which I didn't quite understand uh, why they were having him do that. And in all honesty, I found his American accent to not be good. Uh, He was was doing this weird (laughs) like, eh. yeah, because... It was this very kind of strange, almost like New Jersey light accent, and he—it was just—it was not well done. And so, but I thought he was good in the role. I enjoyed him in the role. I think, you know, he plays—I think—a very good. uh, He plays a very good person who is kind of morally ambiguous, and I liked it. I thought he did a good job, and in all honesty. As I kind of mentioned earlier, the thing that I would have liked to have seen is just him have more opportunity to play in the role. And I think, you know, just give him more opportunity to have interactions with Laura and to fill in their story together. Because I I did find that, you know, interesting the fact that it did seem like they had this relationship together. So, all of that said, you know, I, I think. Yeah, Daniel Craig does a great job and I cannot complain uh at all uh, about him being in the film. I always love him in the film and so I thought that was great. Um I wanted to ask you about her two sidekicks, you know, her butler and her tech guy. Um I so they were going to have another and an older actor, a little bit older actor, play her butler, and he backed out because they were going to be filming during his when his anniversary is, and he does not apparently film um, during that. He he's always at home for his anniversary, so good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I thought her tech guy was great. Felt very reminiscent of classic tech guys, so I had no issues with him whatsoever. But I did find it interesting to have her butler basically be what felt like a similar age to laura
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: there be it i i it felt like it would have been easier to digest him as a character and have him be older like an alfred type Mm -hmm. um because I felt like his age made it seem a little bit odd, especially in some of the scenes that we see him and her in. You mentioned specifically right. where she's like a lady would. Um, and it's like, ooh, okay, that's interesting choice. So um, how how did you feel about that?
0: I'm glad you pointed that out because – I didn't actively think about that being something that made me uncomfortable about that character. But it's like now that you bring it up, I'm going, maybe that's the main reason that I didn't love this actor in that role. Because it's supposed to feel more like a father figure in the way at least that they've written him. So then to see somebody that seems very close to her age in that role, it just doesn't make sense to the brain. It's like you're trying to make two things work together that don't go together. Father figure, and yet they could be twins, you know,
1: kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I... I get this idea, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong in any way of there being this kind of, like, brotherly relationship, right? And and I get that feeling from, from him. You know, he's very protective mm-hmm. of Laura. Um, but it felt basically like it would have been better to have him be more of an Alfred type, you know, where he's a father or grandfather figure than a brother type. And again, it, it just seems weird, You know, for them to have this relationship where she discards a towel and, you know, she has no problem seeing her Mm. naked. And, you know, he's basically not much older, if any older than she is, at least doesn't seem like that. So uh, it was just a strange thing.
0: Mm hmm. And then to still make it like it's either a um, sibling relationship or a father relationship In spite of that scene, which is very sexual, that you're just like, yeah, that's odd.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, very much so. I I don't know how it could not be. Um, Yeah. So, you know, to me, too, I thought, um, I love Ian Glenn, of course, really know him from Game of Thrones, but being reminded Mm -hmm. that he was the main bad guy as Powell here uh, and one of the leaders of the Illuminati. I thought he was great as the villain. I thought he did a fantastic job. He's kind of swarmy. He felt like a good Bond-like villain. I liked him a lot.
0: Okay, I forgot until I rewatched this that he's like the unsung hero of this movie because I realized again the reason that I've always liked him and everything I've seen him in is he has this way of speaking that's very slow and methodical And a little bit lower tone. So you're forced to really actively listen. And everything is so measured. And it's just so beautiful the way he speaks sometimes. You know what I mean? Like that Mm -hmm. scene of him and Laura in the Illuminati's meeting space. With the throne and everything. I just feel like you're hanging on his every word. It's just so good.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think he did a very good job. Uh, I thought he was great in the role. Uh, and, you know, uh, in the end, he's he's kind of a mustache twirling villain because we don't really know his desire other than for him to have this power. And yet, there's just something about him that just makes that acceptable, I feel like, in the movie. Like, I had no problems with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that he just has enough charisma on screen that he's just kind of fun to watch playing against, especially Angelina Jolie. And they have a fun, interesting chemistry together, I thought, as well. So, no, I I completely agree with you on that. I think he does a wonderful job. and, And I would agree in many ways he is kind of an unsung hero. And part of that, I think, is because you need this movie to have a villain that plays the part well and kind of keeps you interested otherwise i do think the movie would kind of be much worse than it actually is if that hadn't happened and so i think he does a great job so um another one of the things i wanted to ask you about is just kind of the you know i was thinking about this the really the production of the film um but part of that came to the fact that they went and filmed in real, real locations. They've got a ton of practical effects in this movie. Uh, and, of course, they are doing a lot of practical stunts. There is some CGI work here, but this is a 2001 movie, so there's not a ton of that. There is some. It's not great. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. So, But I was actually really impressed by how good this movie looks for the most part for a movie from 2001. And I think... Mainly, it's because the movie is very grounded for the most part, except for the, the – the I mean, I would think the big temple in Cambodia is the biggest moment where they, they use some CGI. But still, they're on a very practical set, you know? And so there's this reality to everything that's happening for the most part, which is pretty impressive, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it was – A huge asset to them to focus on filming on location in the two big places that they did for um, filming in Cambodia for those scenes with the temple where um, they first find um, where the key plugs in and everything with piercing the urn and all of that um, was awesome. I love the look of those trees and everything. I just now I'm like dying to go see the actual temple (laughs) and then two filming in Iceland the scene later with the sled dogs and everything um, they did some beautiful shots there and it like again you know they're making the locations work for what they needed rather than trying to dress up a set and that does so much for a story I think that the, you just can't add um, and limiting the special effects really helped them at a time when special effects were not great <laughs>
1: I think specifically, you know, the special effects that they're trying to do, I think a hundred percent, um, you know, that's something I think that, uh, you can clearly see that these special effects are, 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 uh, very early CGI work and it's not fantastic, you know? Um, but you mean like the black water? (laughs) Yeah. But I think the thing is, is that you marry that with a very, practical set right and i think that that does something really you know good for the the film like it it, i think it works more than it should because you're on a very practical set and you spent most of that scene very practically and then when you're running around it being chased by these cgi creatures there's a work there's a mixture of practical and 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 cgi work and so again i think they've just done a really good job here i'm actually very impressed by the work and and what's interesting is that the action i know this movie uh was unfortunately plagued by post-production taking longer than they thought it would and some of the effects weren't completely finished they said um by the time the movie made it to theaters which i think is pretty evident at the very end of the film Where, you you know, the action becomes like she's sled dogging on her feet out of the, the, um. Oh, yeah, the uh, cave. Out of the cave. Mm -hmm. And. Okay, so, yeah, that's happening. And then they just cut to the fact that she's back at the house. And so that does become kind of a, I mean, it does feel like they just didn't have what they needed completed, to to be able to give you the full resolution there. So they just are like, yeah, she got away. It's fine. Uh and so I think that's an interesting thing. Uh but on a whole, I I found myself especially in that temple scene uh in in Cambodia. I also felt like the the end sequence, you know, where they made that really elaborate solar system that was moving around which is basically Mm -hmm. a puzzle from a you know laura croft tomb raider game i i thought all of that really worked so to me in the end you know this movie's production i thought was pretty strangely enough kind of top notch
0: when you want it to look like it's this very lived in gritty dirty world that's been around for a while because she's supposed to be going to places that are long established tombs and you know places that are going to be overgrown and um you know have a lot of obstacles and things so i think that they get that across really well as well
1: yeah no i agree with you i mean that's one of the things that i found most interesting is the way in which you know the tombs there uh, that they go into have such a Lara Croft Tomb Raider feel, like the game. Uh, and you even see, you know, I've seen people say online, there, there are points where you could point out, oh, that looks like that from that game. And, you know, so that's great. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Um, this movie, though, did have a lot of issues. Uh, the director's first cut of the film was around 130 minutes, so over two hours uh, and then they did some reshoots. You know, he was removed from working on the film, although he did work on the reshoots. And in the end, Stuart Baird, who's a, a very good editor, came and re-edited this film, and of course, really edited it down. Um, and I was I was really interested in this because it did feel like as I was watching it this time where I could see the places where this movie could be expanded and be longer by giving more explanations as we talked about in places. And so I wanted to ask you about that though, in I mean, would you be interested then in kind of seeing a longer cut of this movie to see what it looked like?
0: Yeah. Just purely for the curiosity, but then also to see if the areas where they added more were those things that we talked about wanting, you know, more emotional weight and more of her relationship with Alex. Or if it was just more fight scenes, then maybe not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it would have been interesting to see this movie uh more fully and i do feel like as we've talked about there were places in the film for that to happen and yet i'm i'm surprised in this movie how well the edit actually works like Mm -hmm. you know i i that's the place where i find myself really surprised it it absolutely does work and one of the places where the issues had one of their biggest impacts was the score. Uh, the, the video game composer uh, for Tomb Raider, Nathan McCree was actually supposed to score the film. Um, and they wanted a more well-known composer. Uh, and so they had other composer composers They were going to have come in and do it. Um, Danny Elfman was one of them. Uh, and unfortunately, His work got shelved for the movie. Michael Kamen had been come in to help figure things out, but they didn't use his either once Baird re-edited. And Graham Revel came in and did 60 minutes of music in 10 days. Uh, And I feel Mm -hmm. like this movie, you can feel it, because, because I do feel like this movie actually needed a score that didn't basically feel like... You're kind of mimicking The Matrix. I felt like it needed a score that did feel more like kind of a mixture between Indiana Jones and something, you know, maybe slightly more modern. Um, I think that really would have helped the movie because I I did not love the kind of Matrix-esque techno score that we got for most of the film.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I can certainly say you notice the inconsistency of the music overall and the score. Um, and then the individual songs that they throw in here and there. Obviously, they have this overall vibe of very like techno electronica, um, kind of style, which it kind of fits. I guess if you want to say like, An action film um, mixed with some, you know, computer guy in the chair kind of thing. But I think that it's noticeable that it's just not all fitting together very well. And that you do need an overarching theme for Lara herself. You know, I think that it was probably a mistake that they didn't bring in nathan mccree because he was someone that had already written for the character before that that might have worked really well and it was all because they wanted someone more well known when it's like other people have gone with a complete unknown and then had this amazing score sometimes you just need to give someone a chance
1: <laughs> yeah it's interesting to me because um uh... Alan Silvestri does the music for Cradle of Life, which is the, um, the next Laura Croft movie that they ended up doing. And mm-hmm. he actually uses the theme from the video game. And so, no, yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's interesting that they, they just didn't go that route. It seems strange to me, uh, that yeah. they would, that they would do that. I don't know why you would do that, but, um, yeah, uh, it, it's kind of fascinating to me that they just went down that road. I don't I don't get it um, because scores are so important for films.
0: And you being especially more of the score person than I am. I trust when you say that. <laughs> but, I, you know, the other thing that bothers me about the music they did choose was then it takes you away from it possibly being a timeless piece and mm-hmm. being very dated. Yes. Yes. You know, the music you end up with, although you've got some U2 thrown in there. It's also like Fat Boy Slim and then Where's Your Head At at the end? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Talk about blast from the past.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think one hundred percent uh the the score could have helped create a more timeless feel. You know, obviously we have the technology on screen that's very much a a part of when this movie was filmed which is in you know uh late probably 2000 and you know and then the movie comes out in 2001 so all of that is there uh that you're not going to be able to hide in the future of course but i do think you could have helped make the movie more timeless with a score that works better uh for the character and just for the film in general uh, and like you said, gives it a, a a slightly out of time feel, which would have been nice. And so I'm, I, you know, I'm so fascinated talking through this because I feel like in a, a lot of ways we've really said, you know, mainly good things about the film. Uh, and some of our critiques have really more been along the lines of, well, I just wish we had more of that. So. Where do you end up landing with this movie, and what are you going to rate Laura Croft,
0: Tomb Raider? So, I will say in spite of all of the good things we said, there were a couple of ick moments for me with the movie, especially on the rewatch, like the music. And then that scene where she comes up on the front wheel of a motorcycle and slaps a guy in the face with the back wheel. Oh, I kind of thought that was cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I but know it was dumb, practical? but I thought it was kind of
0: cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, but I love the trapezing from the ceiling in her living room thing. That was cool.
1: Mm-hmm. It's very cool. So, and she did all of that herself. I read. So
0: yeah, and she's kind of a daredevil, so that makes sense. So I think that there are some things that kind of make up for the little issues here and there I have with it, and that it's fun to go back and see how nostalgic I am for this and that it reminds me of a very specific moment in my life growing up. You know, the game came out when I was nine, the movie came out Mm. when I was 14 and those were my formative years. And that really got me into going to things like Dragon Con and doing Mm -hmm. cosplay and wanting to be this kind of character. So Mm, that's cool. I end up in spite of my issues, having to give it a four out of five because of all the love I have for it as well. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not perfect, but it's certainly not the worst movie ever either. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I, I give it above average, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, it's so interesting that you said that because, you know, when I finished watching it, I, I had I rated it at a, at a three. And I think I'm going to land at a three and a half because I was actually really impressed by this movie. And maybe I'm grading on a curve because of when it comes out and the fact that, you know, it's a video game movie that I think actually works for the most part. And yes, I think that there are some issues with the film. You know, I think it is very clear that there are places where this movie uh should have been a little bit longer and allowed us to spend more time with the character of Lara Croft and in her emotional state and even diving into some of the relationships that she has, especially with Alex West as a character. Uh but I really enjoyed actually rewatching this film. It was it you know, it's one of those where I feel like it's fun to be able to turn on a movie just kind of sit down and enjoy it. It's not going to be anything super deep or whatever, but you're going to just kind of be entertained by it. And, you know, I think that Angelina Jolie does a great job of bringing the character to life. Uh, And I'm actually (laughs) thinking to myself, I kind of want to go watch The Cradle of Life now and see if that was better than I remembered or not. And so, but yeah, three and a half is where I'm going to land. But Christy, if, you know, people wanted to, catch up with you and to see what you've got going on these days where would they be able to find you
0: well of course you can find me on instagram Letterboxed, and twitter at bespin bell and i of course appear sometimes on the babel conference on facebook and then if you want to see a finished show i had with my friends amanda and Teresa called sabers and spells that's over on the skywalking through neverland network but what about you
1: Well, uh, people can find me all over social media under the name Mount Rushing 2 Of course, you can also find me here on the network doing a bunch of shows. Literary Treks, The Orb, Warp 5, The Artificial Tango, and Saddle Up. You can also find me on the Nerd Party Network doing a few shows. Uh, One is called Owl Post. Did that with Drea Kaufman talking about every single chapter of the Harry Potter series one chapter at a time. Uh, You can also find me on aggressive negotiations talking about Star Wars each and every week with the great John Mills. But thank you so much for joining us.
0: Always a pleasure.